Somebody say, focus on true blessings. Or say it like you mean it. Say, focus on true blessings. The subject title of my message this morning is focus on true blessings. Hallelujah. Anytime there's, a, there's something that is true, it means there's a false identical of it. Hallelujah. So sometimes there may be a blessing, but that blessing in quotes is a false blessing. Hallelujah. Are you with me? So there is a difference between a false blessing and a true blessing. They are both blessings, but one is false. Because even though it appears to be a blessing, at the end, it doesn't really become a blessing. Hallelujah. So, the, the subject title of our message this morning is that focus on true blessings. Amen. I am not talking, I'm not differentiating between black and white. It's so easy to differentiate what is black if black stands for evil. In this example, if black stands for evil, it's like, okay, this is evil, this is good. But when you are differentiating between two good things, one is good, but the other is better. Are you with me? And the scripture we're about to read is telling us to focus on true blessings. Hallelujah. Turn your Bibles with you to Revelation chapter 3. Revelation chapter 3. Verse 14 through to 22, there you will find our subject for this morning. And to the angel of the church in Laodicea write, These things said the amen and the faithful and true witness, the beginning of the creation of God. I know your works, that you are neither cold nor hot. I wish that you were cold or hot. So then, because you are lukewarm... And neither cold nor hot, I will vomit you out of my mouth. Because you say, I am rich and have become wealthy and have need of nothing and do not know. Somebody say, do not know. Do not know that you are wretched and miserable, poor, blind, and naked. Hallelujah. This is what I'm talking about. He said that because you say that I have a blessing, I am rich. I have need of nothing. I am wealthy. I'm doing well. When I look at my life and I compare myself with uh, the people around me, I'm all right. I'm doing great. So things are working. In fact, I thank God for the blessings that he's blessed me with. Hallelujah. And God is saying that, hey, you do not know that you are wretched. You are miserable. Even though you call yourself wealthy and even though you call yourself rich, you are actually poor, extremely poor and miserable and wretched, blind and naked. Hallelujah. I don't know whether you are ready for me this morning. So I counsel you to buy from me gold. Refined in the fire that you may be rich and white. Hallelujah. So he's now telling the listener that I want you to go for the real wealth. The true blessing. The proper wealth that makes you truly rich. Buy from me. Hallelujah. Refined gold in the fire that you may be rich and white. Hallelujah. Move on. Garments that you may be clothed. That the shame of your nakedness may not be revealed. And anoint your eyes with eyesight that you may see. Because you were blind before. You thought you were seeing, but you ain't seeing well. And as many as I love, I rebuke and chasten. Therefore, be zealous and repent. Hallelujah. Be zealous and repent. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in to him and dine with him and he with me. To him that overcomes, I will grant to sit with me on my throne. As I, have, as I also overcame and sat with the father 
on his throne. Hallelujah. And he who sees, or he who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the church. Hallelujah. He who hears, or he who has an ear, let them hear what the Spirit is saying. Amen. So, let me give a background to this story. This particular revelation by John the Revelator was presented when he was dealing with a particular church, the church in Laodicea. Now, this church was a church in an affluent part of the world. There was a church that they were doing well. The people in the house of God were doing well. They had good jobs. They had been promoted. People were getting blessed. And you know, and, and, and the, the testimonies, when there's testimony time that they give, it's all about the blessings of the Lord. They have bought a new house. I bought a new car. I bought this. I bought that. Yesterday, I, I had a, a, a chat with one of my old church members, and he was telling me, Pastor, something happened the other day, three days ago. I was given an opportunity to, to, to buy a business. And the, the guy said to me that if you have 680,000 pounds, I will give you this business. And he said, Pastor, this business, the turnover within six months will give me 1.3 million. And he said, Pastor, I was given six days to raise that money. You can't raise uh, 680,000 from your bank within six days. He said, Pastor, within four days, I raised the money. And I bought the, bill, the, the, the business. He said, I have the business now. And since I bought the business, I have made X amount of money. Hallelujah. And this was a guy who used to sit in my church. Even one pound was difficult. Hallelujah. Are, are you hearing what I'm saying? So you see, sometimes you can be blessed. And you can have so much wealth come into your hands. And you may feel that this is it. I have arrived. Now I am blessed. But there is something called true riches. You know, as I was driving back and, and I was thinking, I was reflecting, I was like, this guy, he, he has, God has blessed him. He was telling the number of businesses he owns. And as he was talking, you know, how your, your pastor is, Pastor Glorious, she said, we are looking for a village, so bring some money. <laughs> Hallelujah. But, but I want you to see that, listen, there is something that is true blessing. And that true blessing is not, why did you bring the bell all the way? <laughs> God should help. Amen. See, when she was preaching, I was very quiet. I sat quietly and I didn't do anything. Now, as soon as she's preaching, she wants to disturb me. Thank you, Joe, for being there. <laughs> Hallelujah. Amen. So true blessing, she just wants me to forget where I was in the preaching, but I won't forget. True blessing is what we need. Hallelujah. So you see, when the Spirit of God came to the revelator, John, he says that, listen, these church people think that they are blessed. Their testimonies is about their wealth. It's about the new job, the new businesses they bought, the cars and everything they have. Without realizing that they have left the first love. They have left something that is the most important thing. They are not concentrating on true blessing. So he says to them, listen, speak to them that I know your works because your wealth has made you look warm. You are no more hot. And you are not also cold. You still come to church. You still believe in God. You still uh, are doing the things that you used to do somewhat. But there is something that is missing. Wealth is clouding your judgment. I wish that you were hot. Then I can deal with you. Or cold to know that you are an enemy so that I can rebuke you. But now that you are lukewarm, I will spit you out of my mouth. Hallelujah. Because you are not a cold. No hot. Because you say that I'm wealthy. You are using false blessing to replace true blessing. Hallelujah. You have removed your eyes on the real things and you are looking at things that are imaginary, imagery. And you think that the imagery of the thing makes it right. 
Hallelujah. So today I want us to look at what true blessings are. Come with me to Luke 16. Luke 16, 11. Luke 16, verses 11 and 12. The Bible said, Therefore, if you have not been faithful in unrighteous mammon, who will commit to your trust true riches? Hallelujah. Somebody say true riches. True riches. There, is, there are riches that are false, like I said earlier uh, on. They are false riches. And they are true riches. If you are not being faithful with money, and you are not being faithful with mammon, who will give you true riches? And if you have not been faithful with what is another man's, who will give you what is your own? Hallelujah. True riches. True riches. Someone say true riches. You know, we are all fighting for more money. Isn't that right? We are all fighting for more money. We can do with a little more. We want a little more. How many want a little more? Yeah. We all want a little more money. And it's good to have money. Because the Bible says that Money is a defense. And money answers all things. There are some prayers you will never pray if you had money. Let us not get it twisted. There are some prayers you pray, you will not pray if you have money. I remember a certain particular football team. They used to be in a certain place called the cottage. And it was a very run-down place. In fact, all their supporters were about five. They had a certain owner called Ken Bates with a white beard and white hair who was very miserly, would never give any money. And somehow, by providence or whatever, a rich man came and bought them and used his money to buy a few cups. And now they have a lot of noisy so-called supporters who came, flew by night. I'm not jealous. I'm just telling you. I'm just telling you what money can do. So now, that, the, false, the, the false wealth has bought them some false successes. Anyway, anyway, let's come back to the church. Let's, I just thought I'd make you laugh. Hallelujah. Oh, stop it. You see, money is a good thing. But how many of you will agree with me that if you have money, you don't have life? Money is rubbish. Oh, you didn't hear what I said. If you have money, the money cannot, if in the middle of the night, if you are attacked with an illness, you suddenly have asthma or heart attack or a stroke, your 10 billion will not raise, rise up and buy you help. Will not carry you to the hospital. Even though you have money. Mm. Your money will not even reach, ring the, the, the phone automatically for you. I'm talking about true riches. Hallelujah. So it's very important that we understand what true riches are and fight for them rather than false riches. Let me give you a few characteristics of true riches. Number one, true riches are not seen. True riches are not seen. Just as amounts of money that buy shoes, etc., are never seen. You see, when you see somebody who carries a lot of cash, they are not rich. Hello? Is it okay for me to calm down? I've, I've, done, I've done very well. Over a year, I've been standing behind this, shackled to this I can, I can come back. Guys at the back, is it okay? 
No, they are not, look, they are not happy with me. <laughs> so I should stay here. Yeah. Okay, they say I should come. Okay. <laughs> Hallelujah. I, I, I'm a preacher that likes to walk around and talk. But because of the coronavirus, they shackled me by there and they warned me that more move two inches this side or two inches. So I've been standing there for a year and it hasn't been easy for me. Hallelujah. But you see, the real monies, you see, the real monies are moved by telephone. The monies that buy houses, that buy businesses, they don't carry them around. <laughs> are you understand what I'm saying? No, no. The, the, the monies that buy 200 pairs of shoes, nobody carries it to the shop. I'm going to Harrods. Then you carry a box. It's only in some part of the world that people, people when they are going to shop, they carry bags <laughs> to go to the shop. But through riches, you can't see them. Hallelujah. So don't be fooled by what you can see. Because what you can see is not true. Hallelujah. This is all you have. And it's that kind. Don't be impressed. Somebody who have a little card, that's all they have in their pocket. But when they go to the shop, they can buy more than the one goes. A lot of work. That really doesn't mean anything. See, somebody told me once that me, I don't like cars that are flashy. Because when it's flashy cars, they are cars that you sit in to impress people. The people outside, they are the ones that see that their car is beautiful. You that you are sitting in, all you see is a dashboard. And all the dashboards do look the same. And the, the seats are almost the same. Probably you're feeling uncomfortable. You know, those type of posh Maserati and things. When you sit in, it's not very comfortable to, you know, if you are tall like me. And you are, you are as big as I am. Those type of cars, they don't. Hallelujah. You, you, you buy those things to impress people outside. Buy a big house, beautiful house. 11 bedrooms, 15 toilets. <laughs> but you can only sit on one. At any time. See a big house, nobody's in there. You see the dogs and cats. Recently I went to see a house. I was looking at the house. And then I went, it was the lady that was in the house. With her three dogs, but seven bedrooms. One person, one person with three dogs. You have five cars. You can only drive one at a time. Have you seen a yellow one? That is the most expensive car. Meanwhile, it's so uncomfortable. When you sit and you want to turn, as you are turning, you hit your elbow is hitting the door and everything. But you see, when you are driving, everybody is impressed. I'm not saying it's wrong. I'm not saying it's bad. But I'm showing you what true blessings and true riches are. You can buy a beautiful bed, but you cannot buy sleep. You can buy a beautiful house, but you cannot buy a home. There are some people who are very, very ha happy to live in a house like that, but they are in a very bad marriage. No joy in the marriage. Because you can buy nice things, but you can't buy joy. Am I talking to somebody? No. You can't buy joy. If somebody could buy joy, I don't think Bill Gates and his wife will be divorcing. How, how come the wife has had so much money but she's been miserable all throughout the marriage. To the point that now she says that I can't take it anymore. But she was making, all of us were envious. I wish I was the wife of Bill Gates. 
Everybody, every, every lady is dreaming quietly. They won't say it. But quietly they're dreaming that I wish a, a billionaire will marry me. All my problems will be over. And the one who is in says that I want out. I'd rather be, be, be single than be in a place with this, this guy. Hallelujah. Second to number two. True riches remain pure even through the, charming, the changing seasons and the test of life. That is why he says gold refined by fire. True riches, they remain pure. Time does not change joy. Time does not change joy. Time does not change peace. Time does not change happiness. One of the most loveliest countries in the world to ever go to. Beautiful Switzerland. See the Swiss Alps. You see all the nice mountains. You know, in the winter, the lake, the, the lake becomes frozen. And you see people skiing across the lake. Beautiful. But it has the highest suicidal rate in the world. People are depressed. They have a lot of money, but they are depressed. Because they don't have any joy. Number three. True riches produce what? Mammon, but mammon can never produce true riches. I gave you an example. Deuteronomy chapter 8 verse 18 says that you shall remember the Lord your God because it is he that gives you what? The ability to create wealth. Life. When you have life, life creates wealth. But wealth can never create life. You didn't hear what I said. You can never buy a few more days of life with money. But it doesn't matter how poor you are. If you have life, you can turn your life around and have money. Hallelujah. So I'd rather have health and have life than have money and have no life. Hallelujah. Are you understanding what I'm saying? I'm talking about true riches, true blessing. Let's focus on true riches rather than the false riches. Number three. Is it number three? Number four. True riches does not come from our own hard work. True riches only come from God. It's a gift of God. Only God gives joy. Only God gives peace. He says that the peace I live with you, the peace that passes all understanding, that peace will guard your heart, your heart, your mind, and your soul. Peace comes from God. The uh, United Nations cannot give peace. That is how come Israel and uh, Palestine have been fighting up to this day. And they are still fighting. They have resolutions. They have seminars. They have uh, uh, bilateral, uh, multilateral, whatever, whatever. It's still not working. Because only God brings peace. See, a husband and wife always fighting. Always fight like Tom and Jerry. Like Tom and Jerry, always fighting, always fighting, always fighting. They, they go and, okay, let's pay money to go and sit with a counselor. Let's go and find a mediator. Uh, it doesn't work. See, Tom is always chasing Jerry. Jerry is always plotting against Tom. Tom is always setting traps against Jerry. They've been going up. We've been watching that particular, different movies have come and gone. Different movies have gone, but the movie is not finishing. And the, the plot is still the same. Because life is still the same. It's like Tom and Jerry. Still fighting. Been fighting for years and they are still fighting. Unless God intervenes. So rather than going to look for different uh, married counselors and looking for different people to make. No, no, no. I invite God into the home. Ah, you didn't hear what I said. If you are going to clap, clap properly. Because it's God comes in. God will change their affairs. Hallelujah. Next one. 
you must meet the criteria to qualify to getting true riches. He said that buy from me gold refined through the fire. You can only acquire it from me. Buy it from me. There is a criteria, there is a qualification that you have to qualify to get it. Let's look at a few of the qualifications very quickly. First of all, you must have a relationship with God. Amen. You must have a relationship with God. Are you with me? To buy it, you must have a relationship with God. Number two, you must have faith in God. Because if without faith, you cannot go and ask. Because you won't even believe that he gives it. Amen. Am I talking to somebody? To buy means to have to pay for something of value. It is not free. You must meet the criteria. And in in any spiritual uh, transaction, the mode or the money that is used, the medium of exchange is faith. Hallelujah. So you need faith. You must have faith in God. Amen. And the, 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 the last one, that you must have a desire for it. See, God will not give his, his, he will not cast his spells before swine. God is not walking around looking for somebody to give true blessings to. You must, you must go to him and ask and meet the criteria before he gives it to you. Amen. You must qualify. Hallelujah. Meet the criteria. Number six, true riches are lifelong blessings. Amen. Lifelong blessings. Lifelong blessings. Which means that true riches last a lifetime. Your joy in the Lord will carry you through your life. Are you understanding what I'm saying? Money may not carry you through the life. How many know some people were rich before and became poor with time? There are people who have become very rich before and they've lost everything. Riches are not forever. Bible describes them as uh, they can develop wings and fly away. That is why when some money comes into your, your environment, find some nails, find some hammers, and hammer them. You didn't hear what I said. Let, can I digress a little bit and teach you how to hammer wealth? Is that okay? To teach you quickly. You know, one of the ways to hammer wealth into life is to learn to invest in people. There is something called wealth that is deposited in something called goodwill. Can I explain to you? Goodwill is true, part of true riches, which is not physical cash. I'll give you an example. This young man, Say, for instance, he's a young man, and at a point in his life, he needed help. And there was no one around to give that help that he needed. And I was the only one who was there with the opportunity, and I gave him that help that he needed. You know what I've done? I have bought goodwill. A few years to come, in the future. He has gone ahead and he's become very wealthy. I may not be the one in need. Let's say I have a, 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 a grandchild that has a need. 
And then my sister comes to me and says that, listen, my, my uh, son is in need of X, Y, Z. And I say, go and see Joel. When you go, tell Joel, I sent you. I don't have the money, but guess what? I have the money. Why? Because I have goodwill. Are you with me? That is true blessings. A lot of us, especially in this part of the world, we never invest in, in, in goodwill. We never invest in people. We think that, you know, capitalism has filled our heads. All we think about is me, myself, and I. When you get this, you. When somebody comes to ask you for a favor, I don't have it. I can't do it. I don't have it. I can't do it. I can't be a blessing. I can't do this. I can't do that. Without realizing that when you bless somebody, you may not be the one in need, but one day you may call on that person for a need. So, goodwill is part of true blessings. Yesterday, when we went to the place we went to, and testimony upon testimony, people upon people that were coming from wherever, they said, oh, Oh, Reverend, you remember you did this for me. Reverend, you remember you did this. They will say, I mean, there were some children I've never met. And they come to say, my mommy has been talking about you all the time. Since now we drive here, my mommy said, you used to live here. You used to do this. You used to do this for me. You used to do that. That is true wealth. Because at a time, the people needed the help. I gave. I didn't give with a mind that I'll, you owe me, so I'll come back. No, no, no. Are you with me? No, no, don't, don't have that mind. Be somebody that always pays forward. Pay kindness forward. Pay blessing forward. Pay help forward. Just keep paying because as you keep paying, you are buying goodwill. Somebody say goodwill. Yeah. One day, you may go somewhere and that person, maybe not even in the person, but that person knows somebody there who will say, because of the testimony I've heard about you, I will help. Hallelujah. This, one of the guys said, Pastor, I have a certain millionaire friend. I'll come and visit you. When I'm coming, I'll bring him along. I said, I said why are you going to bring your friend around? I said, that guy, anything I tell him to do, he'll do it. So when I come, I tell him that he should bless you, he'll bless you. Hallelujah. But you see, the, the, am I okay to say some of these things? I shouldn't. Because some of the people, we had to pay their rent. We had to bless them years ago. And they never said thank you. You know, if you are a certain mind, you oriented, you say, I won't do this type of thing again. But you see, even though we thought that they were ungrateful and they didn't do what in their minds they never forgot. I, I you understand what I'm saying? Yeah. And as they were reminding us of some of the things that we've done for them, we couldn't remember. They were reminding us. I just realized that goodwill is something that all of us must have because it's, it's richer than any amount of money you can keep in your savings account. Because you have saved and saved and saved and you're not doing much. Hallelujah. Let's go on. Talking about true characteristics of true blessings. Hallelujah. True blessings give you an advantage in life. Amen? True blessings gives you an advantage in life. Jacob was blessed. Remember the story of Jacob in Esau? And when Jacob, was it Jacob? He said what? Give me your birthright. And I'll give you the pottage. Where I come from, they call him Potom Potom. So give me your 
inheritance as the firstborn. And I will give you what Esau did not know was he was exchanging false blessings with true riches. Because true riches is the, the advantage of being the firstborn. Because the firstborn receives half of the portion of inheritance from the father. And then all the other siblings will have to share the other half. Are you getting it? So if you get the true wealth, the true blessing of being the firstborn, you have goodwill with your father. But he sold it for food just for the day because he was hungry at the moment. So he exchanged. There are some people just at that, that hunger at the moment, you sleep with a man to satisfy. You needed some uh, 2,000 pounds to sort out a few things. So the man gave you, but what you don't realize is that you have exchanged, like Esau, you have exchanged your true blessings, your true riches, just for pottage. Hallelujah. Is Jacob ran away to his uncle Laban far away? But what he had acquired was true blessings that made him have an advantage over his uncle. The uncle said, I know that the Lord has blessed me because of you. He said, I only crossed this Jordan with the stuff in my hand. But look at me now. I am crossing back with two companies. Two different groups of people. Because when you have true blessing, you have advantage in life. When your mother says that it will be well with you, you have true blessings. When your father says that you will never know poverty, you have true blessings. When your spiritual father says that it will be well with you. Guess what? It will be well with you. Because you have received true blessings that will follow you all the days of your life. And give you an advantage in every circumstance that you find yourself. True blessings. True riches. Will give you an advantage in life. I pray that you will get true blessings. That you get true riches in life. I pray for you that you get what is true. That will make life. You see, everybody's working. But you, whatever you touch, God blesses it. You see, it's not the amount of money you have in your hand that makes a difference. It's a God in you that makes a difference. Because there's somebody who earns the same amount of money as you earn. And they are doing exceedingly better and more with that little because of the blessings they carry. Hallelujah. I pray for all of us that we will have true blessings. We will work with true blessings. Amen. Are you learning something about true riches? Okay, let's go to look at, looking at some true riches. Number one I've already given you is life. Bible says that obey your mother and father for this is the word of God concerning your life that you may live long on this earth. Are, are you getting it? You will prosper and have long life when you obey. Because when you obey your mother and father, your life is extended. You have long life. Is it um, Ephesians 6 1? Say, children, obey your parents in the law, for this is, this is right. Obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor your father, verse 2. Honor your father and mother, which is the first commandment with promise, that it may be well with you, and you may live long. On the earth. Hallelujah. True blessing. Prolongation of life. And you may have wealth. You see, there are some of us, 
especially some of us in, 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 in this part of the world sitting here and listening to me. Because you are richer than your parents, when they call you and say that the roof is leaking and you must send money, you just begin to insult them. This is what, what is the only last month that I sent you uh, 500 pounds? Every day you're calling and disturbing it, then you bang the phone on your mother. Hey! Hey! I said, hey! Because of pounds. Are you crazy? Because you have some small pocket change. Now when you call your parents, you just instruct them as if you are talking to your grandkids. They have true blessings in their mouth. One word will promote you. Another word will cause the skies above you to be like brass. You won't see any rain. Listen, learn to honor them. The Bible never said that when they do right, you honor them. It says that honor them. That's all. Whatever relationship, whatever, they didn't look after you, they denied you, they did this to you, they did that to you, they did that, they made their, their friends rape you, they did all those type of things. It doesn't matter, honor them. I said what? Honor them. It may be difficult, but you're honoring them not because of them. You're honoring them to buy true riches. Hallelujah. First thing is what? Life. Number two. Second thing is what? A blessing or favor. I was telling you about goodwill. That is it. Favor is goodwill. Listen, as much as lies within your capability, always do good. Always do good. Always help people. Always give your best to people. You see, one of the characteristics as, as pastors that we have is that we always help people. We always try to help. People have been ungrateful. People have been forgetful. People have been wicked. People have taken advantage of the good we've done and paid us with evil. If I'm to tell you the stories, you'll be amazed that we are still standing here. But we never did it for them. We did it to buy favor with God. He says that when you give to the poor, you increase your account with God. As you have done it for these little ones, you have done it. In Matthew 25, he says, I was in prison. And he came to visit. I was hungry and you fed me. I was naked and you clothed me. So when did we see you in prison and came to visit you? When did we see you hungry and fed you? When did we see you naked and clothed you? He said, as you have done it for these little ones, you did it for me. Hallelujah. Always buy a blessing. When somebody remembers your name, may they never curse. Oh, you didn't. When they think about you, may they never open their mouth and curse. As for that Susan, God punish her wherever she is. Because of what she did to me. May it never be well with her. No. No. When they remember your name, may they always say that may God bless him wherever he is. Hallelujah. When I remember her, may, when I remember Susan, may God bless her wherever she is. May God favor her. Why? Because Susan was good. At a time I needed help, she was there. May you be there for somebody. I said, may you be there for somebody. Number three, quickly. Let's finish. A favor causes people to give what they didn't intend to give to you. That's favor. Okay. No, no, no. They go to the next one. I've, I've talked about this. Number three. Number three. Wisdom. Proverbs chapter 4.
Proverbs 24 says that, verse 3, through wisdom a house is built, and by understanding it is established. By knowledge the rooms are filled with all precious and pleasant riches. Hallelujah. Proverbs 24, 3 and 4. Wisdom. So I say wisdom. Listen, wisdom is better than money. Wisdom is better. Wisdom is the defense. There's a difference between wisdom and money. Not all rich people are wise. You didn't hear what I said. Not all rich people are wise. Amen. Listen, let us learn to acquire wisdom. In James chapter 1, the Bible says, If anyone lacks wisdom, let him ask of God, who gives to all men liberally. And I pray to know. I think it's verse 5. Hallelujah. By wisdom. By wisdom. Wisdom is not cleverness. Wisdom is not smartness from the books. No, you have a degree. That doesn't mean that you are wise. Hallelujah. Yeah, doctor doesn't mean you are wise. You've been throwing your doctor weight. These days, Pastor, Pastor Sam has been throwing his doctor weights around me. Anytime he sees me, he says that, yes, you, I am a doctor. I say, yeah, you say, when I sit here down, the things I can see, when you jump five times, you won't see you, even though you are a doctor. Yeah, when I sit here, I may not even be looking, but what I see, you jump 15 times, you say you are a doctor or something, you won't see it. Dean Professor. Sometimes he likes to use big words around me. These days he's been trying to bully me around. Giving word salad. Word salad. <laughs> him, him and uh, Minister Michael, they like to throw word salad around. Say, yeah, you've been joining him. Big, big words for no reason. Trying to bamboozle me. They don't know that. No, 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 no. Cleverness and wisdom, they are two different things. Babs are with the ancient. It's wisdom. Experience gives you wisdom. When you have been there a long time, doing the same thing for a very long time, you become experienced. Something that would take somebody 15 years, you take five, five days, you do it because you have seen it before. You know how the story ends from where you are. Hallelujah. Next one. Are you being blessed? Having what? Faith. In God. Faith in God. True blessings. A lot of us these days, we struggle to have faith in God. We have faith in everything. But God. Listen, when you have faith, you can do greater things than people who have money. The reason why we can't do a lot of things is because we don't have faith. We want to see the money in the account before we go looking for the house. We want to see the money before we go and look at the car. No. I said what? Have faith in God. Yesterday I saw the lady who bought her wedding gown when she didn't have a husband, didn't have any man in her life. I saw her yesterday. As soon as I saw her, I remembered the story. That she, she came to the pastor, I bought my wedding gown. There was no man in sight. What if you, 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 you put on weight before the man comes? <laughs> what if you lose weight? I 
I preached the message. And after I finished preaching the message, she went on by faith and went and bought a wedding gown. And within nine months, she married in that wedding gown. There was no man before then. I don't know who I'm talking to in this place, but if you are that person, receive it. Have faith in God. Hallelujah. Have faith. I'm not looking at you, so don't look at me and don't smile because I'm not looking at you. I don't want problems. I know after church you will come and harass me, whoever you are. Have faith in God. They are still married. 17 years and counting. No, is it 17? 17 years and counting. Still married. Strong. She married on faith. She bought the marriage by what? Faith. And yesterday she gave me another side of the story I didn't know. She said, Lord, this guy, even if he's going to the wedding, the altar with another girl, before they exchange the rings, let the ring fall and break. <laughs> nah. <laughs> if the man is mine, because the man, instead of looking her way, was looking elsewhere. So she prayed the prayer. Before the man could say, Jack, his head had turned. <laughs> Next one, quickly. Grace. Somebody say grace. Grace. Grace is unmerited favor that only God gives. We've been talking about grace all month long. I tried so hard to avoid grace. But you see, true grace comes from God. It is God that lifts up one and puts another down. Isn't it? In, in, in 1 Peter 5, isn't it? He says that he resists the proud and he gives grace to the humble. It is God that lifts up one and puts down another. Go to verse 8 around there, isn't it? First Peter 5, around verse 8. He resists the proud and he gives grace to the humble. Do you know what it means to resist? Let me have somebody come and I'll resist them. Who will come? I need a volunteer. Just come. Oh, volunteer, nobody's coming. Come, come, come. Any volunteer at all? I hope you... Okay. Are you strong? Okay. Turn, turn your back. God resists the proud. So as she's trying to go, look at what is happening. He's being resisted. Now he gives grace. That, that means that he helps you to go faster. He increases your speed. When he gives you grace, the little you do becomes multiplied. What we need is not hard work per se. What we need is a little grace from God. Grace makes difficult things easy. Grace makes people favor you. Grace makes you look beautiful. Grace makes you look you know, preferable. You may not qualify for the job. But because of his grace, somebody will see you and say, I like, I like this person. I will pick this person. I will use this person. I don't know why, but I feel like helping you. I feel like blessing you. I feel like favoring you because I don't know why. You don't, your face don't fit. You don't look like the type of people I normally go for. But for some reason, I prefer you. Hallelujah. I, I, you understand what I'm saying? He resists the proud and he gives grace to what? The humble, which means that you can buy grace through humility. 
So he goes, verse 6 says what? Therefore, someone say therefore. Therefore, humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God and he will exalt you in due time. Which means that you can buy the grace of God through humility. Hallelujah. Amen. What we need is grace, though. What we need is grace. It's not hard work. It's not doing three, four jobs. That is why when I see people who would rather go to work than come to the house of God, I pity them. I've been around, I've been doing this work more than 25 years now. So I know what I'm talking about. I've seen people who sit there. All you need as you're sitting is a key. How many know what I'm talking about? All you need is a key. So if I were you, I would deposit myself in a place where I can receive the key. When you're at work, you can't receive any key. What you can receive is wages. Oh, I don't know whether you are hearing what I'm saying. When you're at work, all you can receive is what? Wages. But when you're in a place like this, what you can get is a blessing. It's a key to unlock. It's a word. A word of wisdom. Maybe it's not even what I'm preaching, but as I'm preaching, God drops something in your heart. And that is the thing that opens the door. And it will make you go higher and faster. 20 years. Are, are, you, are you getting what I'm saying? That's why David said that I'd rather be a doorkeeper in the house of the Lord than to be anywhere else. He knew something that we don't know. He, David knew something we don't know. He knew that in the house of the Lord, the riches and the pleasures of God are, are laid up for us. If we can be in the house of the Lord, our blessing is there. Amen. Next one. Talk about true blessings. Quickly. Quickly, give me some true riches. Give me, we've looked at anointing. Somebody say anointing. Anointing. Anointing is like grace. That only comes for a specific work. You're anointed to do something. When God anoints you, you become the prime candidate for it. Somebody who is anointed will do things, difficult things easily because they are anointed in that. You know, a good, an anointed singer doesn't have to do a lot of straining. No, 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 no. Just some small thing. But the impact they make is much more than the one who is doing all the. That doesn't go anywhere. Hallelujah. What you need is what? Anointing. The anointing is the thing that is around you that we don't know. Because listen, if it comes to preaching, they are preachers. If it comes to hermeneutics and it comes to, you know, dissecting the sermon and, you know, finding the, uh, the actual, all those type of Greek and Hebrew and Hebrew and everything. There are people who can do it. All you are doing is you are talking plenty. There are some people who will be preaching, sweating, and everything, jumping up and down. There is somebody who comes to you, also talking, just walking around and cracking jokes. But then, the impact is the anointing. It's not the sweat. It's not the shouting. It's not the jumping. You know, sometimes we, we from where we come from, we think that the jumping... And the shouting and the sweating and the gyrating is what is the anointing. It's not. It's not in the sweat. I say it's not in the sweat. Then as they are preaching, they'll take the jacket off. Then it's not, Then their back is all wet. No, 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 no. It's not it. It's not it. It's the impact after the sweat, after the shout, after the somersaulting. The impact it has on your life is what we call the anointing. Am I talking to somebody? So don't be, don't be impressed. Me, I'm not impressed by people who preach. Then they have uh, this thing, rhymes, rhyming word at the end of the sermon. And they say, my friend, 
It's not in that. It is in the anointing. Someone say the anointing. When you're anointed to do some work, you do that work like everybody else. But somebody will come and say, "Mm, this is what I like. This is an anointed receptionist. Anytime I enter the office and they smile and say, you're welcome. Hello, how are you? Can I help you? I just feel something. Be an anointed usher. Usher, are you listening to me? Be anointed. If you're anointed usher, person can say hello. Let me give, give you a seat to sit on. You feel, even if you came with an illness, the illness just goes. Amen. But when you're not anointed, sit here. Then you see that you go and sit there. <laughs> <laughs> Let me leave you before I get in trouble. <laughs> Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Are you learning something? The blessing of ideas. Let me finish. The blessing of ideas. I mean, ideas are also not tangible. You can't see ideas. But how many know that ideas is money? Ideas is money. And it's God that gives ideas. As you are sleeping, God gives you ideas. What propelled Joseph from the prison to being the prime minister of Egypt was an idea. It wasn't necessarily the interpretation of the dream. He said that yeah, there's going to be seven fat years. After the seven fat years, there will be seven lean years. And the lean years will be so great that it will wipe the memory of the seven fat years. So the king says that, what should we do? What can we do? about this. He consulted all the wise people around. He consulted all the clever people. What can we do? Give us ideas. Give us ideas. Anybody, any ideas? Any ideas? There were no ideas coming. Then Joseph said, King, this is what I think we should do. In the seven years, let us save. Let all the people store. Big, build big silos and store the food so that in the seven years we can profit by selling the food that has been stored. Immediately the king said, who has such wisdom? Who has such a fantastic idea better than this? Because you have brought this idea, I think you are the best person to execute it. Come and be the prime minister. Hallelujah. And that transported him from being a prisoner to be in the king's palace, sitting on the king's private jet by an idea. Listen, when you sleep, dream of ideas. Ask God to give you ideas. As a wife, ask God to give you ideas. You are always cooking the same three meals. If it is not soup, it is sauce. If it's not sauce, it's pepper. You're either roasting, you're steaming, or you're frying. Idea finish. Ah, listen. Ask God to give you ideas. It will make your husband love you. Ah, you are looking at me funny. I don't, I don't, I don't care. I don't care. The three, the three soups and the three sauces your mother taught you have been using for the last 20, 20 something years. That's why your husband is always angry with you. Change. Get more ideas. <laughs> I didn't say it. Someone says that go to YouTube. I didn't say it. I have ideas. You see, ideas make life spicy. Ideas make things work better. Don't always want to do it the same way. Hallelujah. This microphone is somebody's idea. The mobile phone is somebody's idea. We didn't have mobile phones before. We had red boxes. As you walk out of the door, you walk about five, five meters to the right or to the left. There's a red box. You open it and go click it, then the light comes on. Then you put some money in. Then you dial. That 
was a few years ago, nobody had a phone. Somebody brought Motorola, Motorola, you know the big one, the one with the fat back, the one that bends your ear as you are talking. My favorite one. Look for the Motorola for me. That was my favorite phone. The original Motorola, the big, the one with the big back, with a little flap. It opens like this. Hallelujah. Somebody's idea. I, I, I pray for you that God will give you new ideas. I say, I pray for you that God will give you new ideas. It doesn't take money to be rich. What it takes is an idea. So receive an idea. Idea will make you propel you from the back to the front. May you be somebody who is full of ideas. Hallelujah. Yeah. And not only get ideas, but execute them. Try them. When the idea comes, no idea is foolish. I say no idea is foolish. That's why I like, anytime I sit with anybody, people, I always ask, them, what do you think? And I don't like it when I ask, what do you think? And nobody's saying anything. Because it's not a trick question. As far as I'm concerned, no idea is foolish. That is my phone. That was exactly the phone. Yeah. That was somebody's idea. Gary, did you have one of them? Did you have one of these phones? You didn't have it? I had one. You had one? How many, how many had one? You had one? Yeah. Very powerful Motorola. So the rest, some of you are not born then. <laughs> so you don't know what we are talking about. Yeah, you have to be a certain age to have one of these. It's not this slick thing that people are holding these days. Hallelujah. Let God give you ideas. And when God gives you an idea, write it down. And when you write it down, sometimes you need to exchange iron sharpens iron, so a man the countenance of his brother. Exchange ideas with people. That's why I always ask, what do you think? What can we do differently? No idea is silly. I'm expecting ideas because when you give an idea, even by your idea, I get another idea. Which may be the best one to use. Amen. How many are getting true blessings? How many are going to focus on true blessings? Let us not focus on what looks rich, but what actually is rich. 